Welcome to the podcast series Creating Diverse Worlds Speculative Fiction. I'm your host Yushta Shivastava. I'm the literature collective associate at Belong. Speculative fiction is an umbrella term covering fantasy, science fiction, dystopia and everything in between. Speculative fiction has a vibrant and radical tradition of stories that can make us think, can critique society and can show us how it could be otherwise for better or worse. As writers from marginalized communities occupy space in the literary landscape, these genres aid in alternate world building. Sometimes they might work to reinvent world order or hold up a mirror to the evils of our reality. In this podcast series, we will speak to authors who have tugged at the horizons of our imagination and focused this chance to create their own inclusive worlds. Our guest for today is author Samit Basu. Samit Basu is an Indian novelist, film director and screenwriter. Samit's most recent novel, The City Inside, an anti-dystopian novel set in Delhi a decade from now, will be published by Tor.com in 2022. It was published in India as Chosen Spirits in 2020, was critically acclaimed a bestseller in multiple categories in India and shortlisted for the JCB Prize for Literature. In books, Samit is best known for his fantasy and science fiction work. Thank you so much for joining us today Samit and yeah I'm a big fan of the chosen uh, of your latest book Chosen Spirits. Thank you for having me. I mean in yeah. uh, in in the very chaotic times we now live it's fantastic that your podcast is going so strong and I've only heard wonderful things about it so it's a great pleasure additionally to be on on it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah so let's start this conversation with a question I've been asking everyone on the series because i think speculative fiction as a genre as a term term is pretty new and um it also covers so much ground it's like an umbrella term that covers fantasy science fiction dystopia everything in between how would you then describe speculative fiction and also in a similar thread of thought aren't there elements of sf in every fiction or what would you then exclude from the umbrella term you know this is this is a question that i've now I was shocked to discover when this year began that I have actually been writing novels for 20 years which is a very it felt very odd to me because you know that that you really realize that that uh, time has passed by if you've been doing anything for for 20 years and uh, I've always struggled myself to understand the definitions and the boundaries of anything to do with genre because when I wrote my first novel I wasn't aware of what any of these terms meant right so i knew i knew what what fantasy and science fiction were but um, very few books were available so i read the ones that were and it's 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 a very relevant question given that you know our subject is inclusion and speculative fiction because as a reader i had only understood genre as an inclusive category in the sense that it was useful for recommendation if you like Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You will like Terry Pratchett. If you like Lord of the Rings, you will like a series of other books. But you know, the understanding of what these terms mean is something that is evolving constantly, and has always been very strange to me as someone who didn't grow up with, you know, the understanding of art or entertainment or culture in any way being being something that. you that was exclusive at all in the sense that you were supposed to be a fan of these three things and that meant you couldn't be a fan of those three things because you know both in both as a consumer or reader or viewer and as a as a writer or director or whatever my interest has always been in 
you know what is the best medium for a story what is the best length what is the best nature of the story is always of course very crucial question but this flying a flag for one medium or one kind of story is never something that i've particularly been a fan of and so yeah so sorry i'm, I'm rambling you know but my own so i like the term speculative fiction because it is an umbrella term and i don't have to worry too much about exactly which and there are so many subdivisions of it and any work and i always prefer kind of describing a single work with five or six different kind of kinds of genre or subgenre as opposed to deciding which one it is which gives me nothing so that for a start and sorry uh, what was the second part of the question the question in general was just like how do you define it and then isn't every fiction kind of speculative yes, yes. and so really... you know i i thought i mean that's that's something that i've always wondered in the sense that you know the exercise of of imagination or displacement from the reality around you to kind of you know place yourself in another reality and experience things with the characters that are in it i didn't ever grow up with the expectation of seeing myself in fiction you know because the books that i read in english or bengali were always about other people so and i and so you know reading enid blyton as a kid was for me not significantly different in any way from reading the hobbit also as a kid because in each case you're using your imagination to construct a version of the reality that is that has very very little to do with the reality that you live in which is why i find genre fundamentally confusing so yes i do think every work of fiction is speculative increasingly over the last decade i've come to realize that every work of non fiction is also speculative because it is creating a reality or you know creating borders for a framework of understanding that don't necessarily apply to anything and and of course it's necessary to kind of create constraints before the delivery of any uh, creative work but uh, but yeah it's it's i i would strongly agree that all fiction is speculative and it has to be yeah i think that's a great point and totally agree to narrow down the question about like south asian speculative fiction because it has been growing a lot in the past i think recent times a lot more and your best selling novel the simkin prophecies part of the um, game world trilogy is credited for marking the beginning of indian english fantasy writing i was wondering if you have any thoughts about what constitutes indian sf and can this tradition be compared to cultural literary genres such as afro futurism or silk punk and how right. would one then define the features of this label indian sf or like maybe larger extent south asian sf yeah, and yeah. common elements to to look at the first part it's uh, yes when the simkin prophecies came out uh, penguin uh, marketed it as the first indian sff uh, novel i again like i like i like i told you i was very genre ignorant at the time and it wasn't just a question of you know understanding genre as a as a part of the publishing industry but also as a reader i had no idea what other work was there because very little of it was available to me and it seems very strange now it, it seemed like i lived in some kind of steampunk era because i was actually i began publishing at a time where there was no facebook no gmail no i mean forget twitter and instagram and all of these things but you know part of the reason why i couldn't submit my book to a lot of places was that i literally could not afford to buy self addressed stamped envelopes to send out to you know people in canada or wherever right so along with this there was absolutely no information about anything so you know you only read mainstream news 
I didn't come from the background where I had any kind of input into what was going on in the worlds of culture or anything like that. So it was mostly you read offhand in in magazine stories on the lines of you know Vikram Seth got a lot of money for his new book again, which always seemed to be the you know the key point of interest and relatability for Indian literature in the news. Um, so my response when Penguin said that you know this is the first book of its kind in India was well that's my response was well that's nice, isn't it? Because I had no idea that it was, and but this was also because. as far as i was concerned you know harun in the sea of stories and all of rashdi's work is in the same space every you know every children's book i've read from indian writers with magical elements in it and there are many are in the same space so it was only kind of later you know, when there was a lot more academic work on you know the history of speculative work in india that i got to see there's been you know i mean so so 1905 uh, begum rokhaya's novella i think it was it wasn't a short story is is something that if i if i were asked what is the what is the first definitive work of speculative fiction from this part of the world i would say it was that but at the same time i think one has to consider that the terms themselves are basically you know the whole the whole thing about genre publishing is that it basically comes from the publishing and the marketing point of view from the marketing point of view it's useful to kind of segment tastes and interests in one direction in a broadly if you like this you'll also like that uh, book we shelve them together that is one use of it um, for readers the utility of it is okay you love this author here are their 90 books and here are 15 other authors who you will also like um i don't really see what the utility is for a reader beyond that you know especially if because if, again if you're not if you're not um also reading every other kind of book you are missing out if you're also not doing all these other media whether it's you know tv film comics uh video games now increasingly more and more obviously no one has time to do all of these but it makes no sense to me to be you know to decide early in your life that this is the kind of thing and only this is the kind of thing that i like to consume there are seven rules about it that i have learned from a blog post and anything that doesn't follow these seven rules is bad and and that's 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 been an approach that that has existed in every field of you know work and life and the arts are not exempt from this either so you were asking about indian speculative fiction and where it's going yeah. i think yeah one one of the toughest ones is what is my definition of indian uh, speculative fiction right so there again because it's 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 a tough one to do because my fundamental instinct is to say any work that falls under however extensive a speculative fiction umbrella you can set up regionally defined not just by india but the whole subcontinent and the diaspora wherever in the world that they are and so which means that i think today you have at least i don't know over 50 under 100 i think is the number of people who are publishing in this space if you include even if you exclude comics haha <laughs> let's exclude comics um but even if you exclude comics and just look at sort of short stories to novels there's a large range of work coming out and so so that way one i mean you can always kind of define you know a body of work to study uh under either a geographical or an ethnic or ethnic related uh umbrella but frankly i don't in the sense that i'm very happy whenever someone from you know either the region or the broad extended ethnicity 
creates work in the space but there's a pragmatic reason for that which is that it normalizes the work of other people who also work in the space because the external barriers to people either you know both geographically and racially are very extensive so every new work helps kind of put a crack in that wall in terms of in terms of uniting themes or uniting subjects or all of that i don't think there are any and this is something i'm very happy about you know so if i if even if i'm looking at and off the top of my head my favorite works of you know from from the last few years so something like indra pramit das is the devourers or gautam bhatia's uh, wall horizon duology or lavanya lakshminarayan's um, analog virtual from last year or tashan mehta's book or you know so many others it's a very diverse set of uh, of subjects of styles of influences of directions that the work has gone and i think that's great and what what has also been great is that increasingly and uh, so the arts in india are a very stabby place as i'm sure you're aware but because you know there is there is increased ex- exposure via the internet primarily to much more inclusive artist communities you know in the west which have been kind of struggling to be more inclusive but getting there slowly combatively but actually making progress and because because now increasingly uh, you know writers from this region and diaspora writers are kind of meeting each other in these spaces and kind of absorbing the very basic premise that if we are in touch with one another it's a good thing so so i'm so i'm very pleased about this because this this community aspect of speculative fiction has was not around before but it's very much there now so it's it's unusual i think in the indian arts landscape to have a supportive community but touch wood we have it in speculative fiction and you know and it's and because everyone in their in their very local art scene is such an oddball that it's it's nice to kind of yes this has happened to me too is 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 a conversation that that happens quite a lot <laughs> Thank you so much for painting such a warm picture though, of the community. Um, It's really nice. There, there's lots of lovely people who are who are doing work in speculative fiction, and uh, I think over the next two or three years, there's going to be an absolute explosion of work. Now, you know how much it will reach uh, the mainstream media here is a very I don't think it will much at all. But but a lot of interesting work is happening. what do you mean like is it happening in the west or something or is it like happening out of the mainstream yeah, yeah yeah more and more people from the region and from the ethnicity are going to get published in the yeah. west and the books are going to reach here whether or not they are you know promoted properly or distributed properly in in um the indian system which is which is very chaotic but always has been but the work itself will kind of exist at more visible levels than it has before you know as in in the sense that now let's say you'll have to look around before you can figure out say 10 writers in the space even though there are you know 20 people doing novels over the last 5 or 6 years but you'll have to look for them right mm-hmm. but i think when that number goes up to 40 or 50 then some kind of collective momentum will happen which again it's impossible to predict because i've seen i've seen uh, you know relative hype bubbles for things like graphic novels or various other kind other kind of subdivisions of of uh, books which have kind of happened for a bit and then kind of dissipated into nothing so um 
watching those being a part of a bunch of those has also led me to the kind of sense that you know trying to create publicity around this is not something that i want to do ultimately books or any kind of work only survive through word of mouth and through more people reading them and that is that doesn't happen on a timeline that you can force you know i mean i find that very very few of the writers who were kind of around when i started publishing are still in publishing and i think that is very sad and reflective of the very tough scene that we have here you know so you can't reverse engineer any of it so you can just be kind of lucky enough to survive in the arts in india that's that's uh, that's your best case scenario that is that that is it's pretty unfortunate and sad i also want to know your thoughts about your evolution as a writer from the times of writing this mcquin prophecies to your latest work and uh, going further i think you've touched upon it a little in the last answer but like the evolution of the indian um, right uh, sf space yeah i mean in terms of the evolution of the indian sf space i think pretty much covered it it's mostly watch this space uh, this year will be interesting uh, next year will be even more interesting there's a lot of work coming out from here in the west because publishing schedules are slower there a lot of work coming out in 2023 which i think i hope will be a very breakthrough year in terms of you know even finding some kind of uh, in kind of seeing what what they are described as collectively because we don't know uh, how how to define the the things that are in common about space see in terms of my own evolution i don't know again but i i hope i mean i feel like i've grown up a bit over the last 20 years and i hope that uh, that reflects in the work but it's it's the kind of thing where ultimately i mean you can feign as much confidence as you want but ultimately you're just still kind of sitting at a keyboard and and throwing words into the void right i feel like at least over the last two decades hopefully some increased awareness has happened about you know both myself and other people that's that's challenge 1 and 2 challenge 3 is almost as bad which is hoping that this translates into the work right i'm assuming that 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 experience helps assuming that a saturation of uh, new influences that were not there before helps i'm also assuming that the kind of explosion in uh, speculative fiction from around the world from many different cultures and the kind of bringing up of conversations that had not been had or at least had not been central you know there's been an explosion of of interesting new conversations in speculative fiction mostly i mean uh, not mostly but a lot of them have been related to the fact that you know genre was very 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 white male american for the longest time it's not that it's not that any other branch of fiction is inclusive either um because the thing with the thing with the publishing in any space or actually any arts field is that you kind of take every existing social hierarchy in the world you add those problems you don't escape any of those problems but you also add literature specific problems right so the world has its own prejudices those we we take um the medium and the, the genre and the specific industry also has its own budget so you add those there's no it's there, there's no no exclusion there so so then but you kind of discover these and navigate these and there's there's so much more conversation about all of this that it's it's very interesting so so we'll see i guess i i hope there's been some evolution it's also hard because you know i'm i mean and this is true for anyone everyone is is different from what they were 10 years ago hopefully 
because you know and, and especially if if i i mean, one of the things that i've been and this is this is something that i've been lucky which is that consistently every year at least one person has come and said do more work that is a continuation of your first book and and again that's an absolute privilege to have but the thing is it was a very different person who wrote that book and i'm very kind of lucky that it worked for a lot of people but i cannot absolutely go back and continue that uh, because so much time has passed and so and i don't want to parody my own work that seems more narcissistic than even i'm capable of so so no um, i'm not going to do more work in that universe i will do something new <laughs> so yeah thanks so much for pointing that out uh, <laughs> but um, i was also so I was very interested in how you have described chosen spirits as an anti dystopia right. and even in the book a passage really stood out to me where um during a resistance group meeting where the character zarya snaps at someone calling the reality of the novel dystopia and there's like a really profound explanation of how defining something as dystopia is granting oneself a sense of of distance from the reality First of all can you tell us what you mean by anti dystopia Okay so three things the first is that you know since since it's a very close near future book and since most of the speculation of it is actually not it's the speculation is also not particularly technology based because all the tech in the book actually exists it's just not gone mainstream yet so i can't even claim that i'm making any wild predictions about the future i'm very confident that absolutely every every piece of tech that exists in the book will exist in real life sooner rather than later so it was a question of of actually constraining what i was sure would happen within the next decade um because actually i went very overboard and did the next four decades but then i was like it's this is going to become more speculative and less about now so which is why i cut it down to the much nearer future because i didn't want the tech to be distracting from the kind of inner lies of the story so one of the reasons why it's not dystopian is that um it's fundamentally optimistic in the sense that it is entirely possible that the situation we'll be facing in reality 10 years from now is far worse than anything that's described in the book shoving that piece of grimness aside but but it's but the second one is related in the sense that uh with so i never thought of the book as dystopian when i was writing it because my the challenge for me was to try and keep it as you know obviously displaced from from the society we live in today but to to use the texture of the of the general atmosphere of now as closely as i could but to make sure that the fundamental drives of the protagonists let's say uh were always towards hope towards self improvement in some way that you know every now and then you would come across characters um and the central characters themselves would be would always be people who however kind of troubled by the situation that they found themselves in were always people who were actively thinking about you know how they could make things better the right way to the extent of which they were capable and i think dystopian literature is fundamentally not that in the sense that there is a there is often an a very kind of shall we say edgy bleak ending to most dystopian classics which is supposed to leave you with a sense of lingering kind of shock and horror and i'm so glad this is not us and 
what uh, you know what a great act of literature it was to find this very horrific thing and i wanted to st- and i was steering away from that from the beginning because i didn't want that i didn't want to i didn't want this book to ed- end on an edge lord note in any sense right which i think for better or for worse is often a feature of work that is dystopian but but by and large the most the most uh, i mean where i felt most strongly about you know where i where i coined the term that will there will not stick the term anti dystopian will not stick but where i tried to come up with that term the most is that you know i think what unites most dystopian stories is that sense of distance or displacement where you're basically taking a horrific situation that is actually happening somewhere else in the world and you're applying it to the society that you consider normal right you're 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 bringing that thing into the normal world around you and then horrific things are happening so there is always that slightly tourist like aspect to it in the sense that you are consciously aware that the world you live in is not the world that is uh, being described in the story and there is that slightly vicarious thrill of oh it could happen here but it's not happening here so you know so there's this there's this sci-fi quote that is used all the time which is the future is already here but it's not evenly distributed and the same thing the same thing applies to horrific situations right so dystopia is already here it's not evenly distributed so the reason why i never kind of let myself think that this was a dystopian book at all was that the core goal was to write from in the middle of the world that the book was set in so there is no sense of distance there is no sense of this is happening to other people it's just there's a displacement in time so that um the book could have been set in the current day but i would have been too muddled by my own kind of feelings about what was happening on the day to achieve fiction in a way that i found effective which is why it's in the near future hence and i think you did a pretty great job with it like oh, thank I you find, <laughs> i did find very relatable um, characters in the like the journeys of the characters and it was super heartbreaking but uh, also it is like a it is it is the reality of what we are uh, moving towards no thank you very much it was it was supposed to be an office comedy but no <laughs> 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 they they got more they grew more feelings than i had expected so <laughs> so yeah yeah no i think there were like moments of just um, like all the flow stars were pretty comedic like sadly comedic maybe yeah but i spent at least a decade in bollywood so it was all it was all wholly i think pretty much everyone in the book was based on someone i actually know so yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully they never find out i'm sure like they won't. no they know they won't read my books yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but i think talking about like relatable characters i was also thinking about the privileged protagonists of this novel yeah rudra and joey i think i personally related a lot with joey when you especially when you describe the distance defining dystopia and privileged even in our reality have the option of distancing themselves and lock like looking away from all yeah. kinds of injustices yeah. but i wanted to know what was the intention behind like centering these voices in the future right. narratives rather than maybe lakshmi who's a domestic worker at joey's house someone who's more who's like the most affected by this reality right well for me it was mostly a question of i wanted it to feel close 
I wanted the whole book to feel close. Now, there are definitely writers who are skilled enough to write from the point of view of a person who is significantly less privileged than they are. But it, but you know, so to be a privileged author writing about extremely marginalized people for a privileged audience, by and large, right? It's tricky, I think. It's it's a bit messy. Now, I don't think there is there is you know one right way or one wrong way to do anything, but I certainly felt that though since I wanted it to feel close and since I wanted to make sure that you know it felt as relatable is a weak word here. It it felt as real, let's say, as possible. I thought that I should try and keep it keep the the central voices characters whose opinions I could I could feel with more conviction. Because I, you know, and especially given given the years that we've been through, the years that we've all been through um, from the time that I started plotting this book, I I felt that for me to say go to the extremely marginalized sections of society and take a protagonist from there, uh, given the things that are happening to those sections of society in real life, would be a bit exploitative. And that, and, you know, wondering whether I was being exploitative would take away from uh, both the book itself and my experience of writing it. It's, it's, it's a big departure from books I've written before in, in terms of, you know, in just the, the treatment of everything. So I wanted to make sure that this wasn't a thing I was feeling extremely underconfident about throughout. And at the same time, I, I also think that, you know, I wanted the people who were reading this book to also not feel that sense of distance um, from the characters that, uh, and especially when, especially when you're also pitching this book to the West, it becomes even more complicated. You know, because it is easier to sell extreme marginalization narratives to the West. And again, some, some people can some people can do it well, some people can sell it well. I didn't want to, I would have felt uncomfortable for this book. So yeah, so no judgment on anything, but this was just the process that I was going through. Yeah. 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 I think um, it could have turned into like the Slumdog Millionaire kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and, and Slumdog was, was a film that I actually enjoyed while completely appreciating the, you know, the various correct made against it. I just, it was not a story that I could have told. Mm. Let's say, or told as well as I thought I, I could tell a story. I was also very fascinated by the flows and flow stars in in the narrative and how like they are really affected. Of course, they're like really heavily influenced by the reality of social media influencers and performative openness at this point. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about the how you conceptualize this platform and flow stars? Oh, that was, you know, I spent far too much time doing research on uh, the future of everything. And so after compiling and, you know, just I spent a long time, like too long uh, doing research. But then when I when I thought that the first, uh, this was supposed to be a story in, in three parts with decades in between each of them. When I was writing the first part, I realized that it was it was it felt close 
to me and i wouldn't be able to replicate that closeness in a book 20 years from now on and another section 30 years from now so i just junked those so yeah so when it when it came to worlds i know i spent a lot of time kind of around the edges of famous people and the people who keep them from falling apart so it's a it's uh it's a space that i'm familiar with and as far as the technology is concerned it was just research put together it's already like over the last few years uh so, since i wrote the book a lot of that has already started the this whole meta thing is exactly where they have their meetings the tattoos have started coming up the uh, compatibility rings someone was posting about the other day so so there's there's not much of a predictive aspect in the tech actually it's just the prediction is mostly in terms of how soon it's all going to become mainstream enough for it to kind of go across india let's say and like do you have any thoughts about the performative nature of um like online platforms and also like they're not always bad like there's also activism there so are there yeah. any thoughts around that yeah in the sense that how can anyone not have thoughts right because it's it's where we spend so much of our time i don't i don't know that i have any particularly definitive thoughts about it and definitely you know certainly nothing new i'm just for me the struggle has always been to kind of not let it either take over my life or put myself in a situation where i'm kind of throwing myself out of it to you know just just deal with things so for me it's it's more a process of um personalized constant curation to make sure that your experience of it is something that you can handle there's enough kind of conversation about you know the dangers of of overexposure to social media or there's enough kind of real life i mean we've all seen people that we know completely transform right over the last decade into people we do not recognize at all at least online even though they might be the same people offline so i think it's 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 something that everyone has really kind of observed at close range with a mixture of of reactions and it's so much a part of just everyday life now that you can't even uh, you can't even analyze it except on a month to month basis right uh, a huge chunk of book promotion in the west now is done on tiktok my uh, tiktok promotion strategy for my upcoming book release is somewhat compromised by the existing ban right now i don't know whether it's more ridiculous that i'm thinking of promoting a book in the us on tiktok in the first place or that is ban but both are ridiculous right so in this situation what can one even so my own my own uh, a uh, way of dealing with it really is through a huge wall of mutes and blocks because you know when you when you uh, so so when i go on twitter when i go on social media of any kind i only see lovely things and part of this is because i'm so you know in terms of evolution as a writer over the last two decades the one thing that i know i've become infinitely better at is procrastination so i will i will find incredibly innovative ways to not work if my actual writing ability in any way mirrors the evolution of my procrastinatory skills i am i am god level so for me uh, sort of curating my social media relentlessly has been just to ensure that the number of excuses i have to just dive off into you know 
goats who know how to play football the tournament of their the, the the parents of this goat where they came from their previous professions their owners and seven generations thereof to not fall down that rabbit hole is is all i require from myself on a work day so yeah so preventing that has become my social media strategy yeah and i don't know why this like uh, have you watched this recent movie don't look up i don't know why uh, yes yes yeah. when you were talking about this i don't know why that like that image of when that founder uh looks at all those like images of dogs and stuff and then you have like a personalized i think even in the book narrative this is like like you regulate your moves through yeah, yeah i think that's yeah. like the extreme form but yeah it's a, it's a little terrifying that we we are kind of going there as well the numbness i don't know the stimulating happiness through social media i guess but you know but but people are also now now it's become normal hmm. so so it's also there there is a certain amount of uh, regulation and reaction that's coming in you know i think it was probably worse 4 or 5 years ago i think there is there is increasing awareness of the toxic aspects of it and people are to the extent that they're capable coping or just tired of things really like yeah. i just saw a piece of news that said facebook had its first uh i think a lower number of people on face were on facebook this year than last year right this this could be the beginning of a revolution like who would have thought that was even possible so <laughs> so you never know like none of this uh, and you know and and it's especially ironic when you're talking about a book that is fundamentally you know near future and while one always says that the job of sci-fi is not to predict the future but to reflect the concerns and the challenges and the hopes and joys of the present day um which it which is the one thing that speculative fiction always has done at some point of time you also want to get it right you know mm-hmm. just for kicks so to speak like i i want to get this right but it is impossible and this is this is a conversation i was ha- lucky enough to have with the uh, speculative fiction writers from around the world and everyone who had done and 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 in india with lavanya and everyone who had done your future book was just oh my god i'm not doing that again it's just depressing i don't want to do it again and then of course i'm do it again but it's yeah would you like to um do no. it again <laughs> oh god no i i i mean i don't know if whether i that means i won't do it again but not not in the near future shall we say yeah i think it must have taken like a lot of mental toll as well to see the world around you and then write something which is a lot more depressing i guess you know the thing is that no, the, the whole world has been through so much hell in the last however many years that now it now there is a great amount of guilt associated with, with complaining about writing mm. you know so while i'm complaining about writing is on my skills i can do it for any amount of time but it it looks bad now you know so <laughs> i'm not going to do it uh yeah and i think it like leads really well to the next question yeah just ha- being an, uh, in an apocalyptic everyday with like social and political issues and pandemics and ai taking over daily life and this climate crisis becoming more urgent what do you see as the future of fiction that is especially speculative well speculative fiction is now increasingly mainstream just as you know quietly the biggest 
films and shows in the world have quietly uh, fantasy and science fiction have taken over no one's even talking about it right but it's just it, and it's not only uh, it's not only in box office numbers and stuff like that but just in consistency i remember watching all the litfic people gossip about game of thrones a few years ago and thinking ha huh, you know i'm not going to gloat but ha huh. <laughs> or even or even superhero movies ever since uh, ever since 2009 so the future of speculative fiction is is uh, is fine but the boundaries of speculative fiction are going to keep changing because the times the 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 visual realities of now are so in sync with what 20 or 30 years ago would have been considered speculative fiction in the first place that what i'm hoping is that you know the the genre boundaries and classifications that exist aren't really relevant because they are mostly reflective of 80s and 90s publishing and marketing trends people are crossing over from both sides into the from all sides into every other side and also the whole the kind of artistic hierarchies have become less fashionable than they used to be you know part of part of the conversations about inclusion actually in various aspects of uh, of life anywhere in the world people have actually not thought so much about casual discrimination casual privilege inclusion exclusion they've not thought so much about it ever as they have let's say over the last 5 years or so because that conversation has been everywhere so the effects of that on specific fields of publishing is something that i'm very interested in seeing where it goes because it looks like it's going to good places so i'm overall positive about the future of the field that's why i'm still in it right? <laughs> yeah 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 totally yeah and i guess that is true like the hierarchies people are at least more aware of it and there are yeah. it has been yeah. more deconstruction or like steps yeah. to deconstruct it see and you know i mean social change even in as low stakes a field as a specific subdivision of publishing right mm. even even where even where the stakes are relatively low compared to the multiple apocalypses that are currently threatening the world even there social change is very slow mm. you know and it's always frustrating for everyone in it especially for younger people who are coming into these fields with justifiably high expectations of good behavior but again have looking at it from a from a 20 year arc point of view it's gotten so much better this particular branch of the arts has improved drastically even though there is tremendous scope mm-hmm. for improvement change the removal of blatant problems but it's a lot better than it was 20 years ago that is absolutely hopeful to hear and really heartwarming to hear <laughs> as someone who is young <laughs> and still figuring it out but yeah i hope the future is a lot more um, inclusive and a lot more progressive yeah i mean can't can't say that with confidence about the world at large but at least you know in spaces where people are supposed to be professional idea havers and imagination havers and all of that hopefully they will be slightly good or slightly better than other spaces in you know making easy changes happen over a period of time
Yeah. But um, talking about like young writers, like my next question is basically about just anyone who wants to write as a speculative fiction. Do you have any advice for them, especially how to build like alternate worlds? So first of all, I would say make sure that your financial bases are covered because it is a very slow process. So Cali, I mean, do not, I, I did a very risky thing when I started writing. I do not recommend that to other people at all. If you want to do it, do it. But I, I didn't tell anyone to do it. It has always been difficult anywhere in the world to make a living off any of this. And the problems that one expects will be the problems are not the problems. So definitely make sure because, uh, so we, we live in a world where writing, having a writing career and having a profitable writing career are both indicators of privilege. And luck, both of these things. Hard work, talent, all of that is secondary. You've, you know, if you're, especially if you're considering doing it for the long run, the first thing you need is a safe uh, financial and other situation that allows you to spend at least a part of your day uh, working on what you do. It will take infinite patience. It will take infinite patience and it will take infinite stubbornness, even if you have a sufficient amount of privilege and luck. So, so many incredibly talented writers I know, you know, I'm just happy that they managed to keep writing, but they certainly haven't found the stunning careers that they deserved. And that is just, that is just something that happens in these fields. So, yeah. So my, my advice, if advice is, is, is make sure that you're not, I mean, keep, keep the long-term risk of in mind and you've got to be very patient. And the other one, and this is again, you the more you read in the specific direction that you want to work in easier it will be for you to kind of get into the world of publishing it's not i mean the 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 relationship of this with writing is a little different because you do need to keep a certain you don't want to kind of find yourself falling into conformities and falling into trends simply because of overexposure but it is best to be aware of the conformities of the specific space that you want to work in even if you so so that even if you choose to not follow them it's an informed choice rather than an accident if that makes sense yeah it does for sure and i think um, the first advice was pretty i think useful because i think a lot of people just romanticize the idea of yeah. being I mean, a writer I, that's what i did i was just i mean i only have this long career because of luck you know because I entered in the most kind of risky and dramatic way possible so now of course I wish I'd done many other things and I could have been rich or whatever but but it's been it's it's never going to be what you expect unless you're of such extreme privilege that it I mean the career aspect of it doesn't matter being a full-time writer has always been a goal of mine but I found that even at a point where I'd written kind of back-to-back bestsellers, which were all over the news, and I had a fame bubble in my 20s, even when I was in that, the income from books was never going to even cover rent. You know, even, even while I was getting perfectly decent advances, which is part of what motivated the move to comics or to film and all of that, right? And things get easier over time, but it's, a, it's fundamentally a survival, right? So if you're one of those people who is kind of, you know, either well-connected enough or just rich enough or lucky enough to have one of those star debuts that immediately elevates you to a social platform where, you know, things just fall into your lap. That's one thing. 
that's something that some people have the skills to hustle that's something that some people are just born into but it's a thing that most people don't get and you only get to hear about the lottery winners so for a lot of people people yeah. just think that's normal right but uh, you're 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 really hearing about the you know 1% of people even among the people getting published forget um forget the people who haven't gotten published at all so this only creates false expectations among everyone right it's in india also publishing and the arts in general are just as privilege indexed as they were 20 years ago there was a bubble uh during the late 90s and the 2000s when this was not so which was uh, for better or worse the point at which i entered this space but i have to say that over the last decade it has only gotten more rigidly privilege indexed in the country but at the same time everything has transformed with technology and things have opened up around the world that was simply not available i mean i'm of course talking about a pre facebook time so but even if you forget the uh, you know the paleolithic era even otherwise there have been so but it's it's a process of constant change so you've got to be as aware of opportunities as you can you've got to not be bound by this is the only thing to do and i will do this at whatever cost but kind of figuring figure things out as you go along i mean that we are on that we are having this conversation on podcast is a good indicator of you know things this is not a conversation that 5 years ago would have been happening in a podcast it would be either a lit fest or sort of a coffee shop or something like that so you know so you are rolling with it and so am i <laughs> thank you so much for the insight i think like a lot of people will benefit from that i hope and, so uh, i would like to end this um episode with like a question for the a couple of recommendations for our listeners especially if you have any diverse futuristic novels or publications or media pieces you'd like to recommend so so from from the uh, from the india origins point of view two indian writers uh, sb divya uh, her novel machinehood came out last year i think uh, lavanya lakshminarayan her book analog virtual also it came out in 2020 i think same year as josephs that's where you go um on the international front malka older anali nevits uh, cory doctor there are many so i think what happens is that if you if you have now how i would go about it is if i had an interest in if i like one book i would look at the if you like this you would like that algorithms wherever i was getting my books i would uh, you know everybody now has a newsletter and instagram and twitter and everything right because you have to be everywhere i would find that person there and see who they are in conversation with because a lot of that leads me to more interesting books the the decentralization of books information is a good thing because it it kind of reduces the hierarchies of you know what is important in literature and what is not and so there is so much more opportunity to kind of find your own way both as a reader and as a writer 